Hello, listeners. My name is Andrew. Today's one-shot story will be co-narrated by guest voice talent Celeste. Enjoy. Episode 3. Witch Hunt. My heart pounded painfully in my chest. My legs felt like jelly, and my breath was short and raspy. I felt like I was about to pass out at any second. But I couldn't quit, not now. Quitting would mean bad things for me. Imprisonment, maybe, or, most likely, certain death. In a haze, I watched the thick layers of forest pass by me in a blur, low branches reaching out to me and grabbing my trailing hair. I had no idea where I was going or when I would stop. My time was running out, and I couldn't run forever. I could hear the deep baying of bloodhounds in the distance. Their mournful howls rang like death knolls in my ear. They were coming. The path I was blazing opened up to a small stream, the clear water flowing calmly, a stark contrast to my racing heart. I quickly entered the stream and followed its flow, the cold ankle-deep water chilling my feet to the bone. I pressed on, ignoring my discomfort and the growing numbness. The further I made my way downstream, the darker it got. The trees became denser and the embankment rose steadily. In what seemed like hours, there was a break in the tree line off to my right. I took it, slipping and sliding on the steep embankment, cold mud smearing on my dress, hands, and knees. I reached the top, pausing only to catch my breath and to listen. There was nothing. No baying of dogs. No shouting from the bloodthirsty men of the village. That alone would have calmed my heart. But those sounds were now the least of my worries, because now the birds were silent. Even the wind seemed to be holding its breath. Welcome, child, whispered a voice in my ear, sending chills up my spine. I turned in the direction of the voice, but no one was there. It is not often I get visitors this early in the season, continued the voice. The area around me was filled with the fluttering sound of tiny wings as thousands of lightning bugs drifted into the area, their undulating green lights casting an eerie glow in the small clearing. Illuminated by their lights, a small path to my right led deeper into the woods, more lightning bugs floating in to light the way. Come, child, said the voice. There are no hunters here. I looked back at the cold stream, then to the path. With no other alternative outside of freezing to death, I stood up. My legs were shivering either in fear or from the cold. I didn't know. The path was an old game trail, the small trench overgrown with grass and weeds. As I walked, the trees became less dense, soon becoming a small clearing that was open to the night sky, the distant stars twinkling softly. Nestled among a grove of birch trees was a log cabin, the windows lit from within with a flickering warm glow, evidence of a roaring fireplace. The thought of warming my frozen limbs by the fire urged me forward, silencing the doubts of safety that whispered in the back of my mind. As I approached the door, I raised a shaking hand to the wrought iron knocker that was in the shape of a boar's head. I lifted the knocker and tapped twice, and waited. The sound of the iron echoed sharply in the small clearing. A moment passed before the door opened revealing a man dressed in sage-green robes, his lightning-blue eyes glittering brightly in the glow of the fireplace. Good evening, child, the man said warmly. Come in and rest. The hunters will not find this place. I followed the man into the log cabin. The fireplace's warmth embraced me in an invisible bear hug, causing my numb limbs to tingle as my blood warmed. 
I sat on a small stool by the fire, still in wonder of the man, my rescuer, and how he knew where to find me. He handed me a steaming ceramic mug, the smell of sweet cider emanating from its contents. Your eyes are full of questions, I see, he said. Let me try and answer a few of them. He pulled up another stool, an identical mug in hand. My name is Branus, he began. I, like yourself, am a magic user and was forced out of my village many years ago. As to how I found you, let's just say that I have wards set up to deter those who lack sufficient magic strength to pass through. Now, who are you? I was silent for a moment, the heat of the mug warming my hands. My name is Stephanie, I said quietly. I'm not sure what I am. I don't know why my village chased me out, or why they hate magic. The tears came unbidden from my eyes. My throat threatened to close as the fear and the sadness within me began to pour out. I, I just wanted to make our village better, I sobbed, the tears staining my cheeks. Branis gave a sympathetic smile as he rested a warm hand on my shoulder. Hush now, he said softly. I'm sure they did not understand what they were seeing. Most mundanes fear what they can't explain. But it's my fault, I cried. I tried to help, but I failed. I made things worse. Without prompting, I recounted how I tried to grow vegetables in my family's garden. It was innocent enough, but soon the plants began to outgrow their pots, draining the land and the livestock around them of life. After the drained husk of a little boy was found, the village council saw this use of magic as a threat and began to hunt for any and all magic users. My parents tried to hide me, but they were too late. The witch hunters from a faraway city came in, their blades hungry for magic user blood. I shuddered when I spoke of them, two men in long, dark cloaks armed with anti-magic devices. They organized the townsmen and used their hounds to literally sniff me out as I hid under the floorboards. My last look at my village was the sight of my home engulfed in a blaze of fire, my parents screaming for me to run as they succumbed to the flames. I was silent for a while. Branis mercifully kept quiet as I drank the sweet cider. I'm sorry for your loss, he said quietly. I, too, have lost those I held dear due to the ignorance of the mundane. He pulled out a silver pocket watch and glanced at its polished surface. It's getting late, he said, standing up. Please, rest here. Tomorrow you can choose what you want to do. I followed him to a small room with a single bed, with a nightstand, a window, and a small lit candle for light. There's a bath drawn up for you in the room next door, and a change of clothes. I had to guess your size through my lightning bug familiars, but I think I have it right. I nodded my thanks and made my way to the washroom. As promised, the bath was drawn, white steam drifting up and over the copper tub's worn rim. Folded on a small stool was a long green and blue dress and a light blue nightgown. After disrobing and discarding the dirty dress into a wooden bin, I lowered my cold and tired body into the hot water, soaking my aching limbs. Following the bath, I redressed in the nightgown, carrying the new dress to my room. Before closing the door, I spied Branis in the main room, standing in front of the window overlooking the clearing. Good night, Stephanie, he said without turning around. Three dreams. Weeks passed. Branis treated me like a daughter, teaching me how to control my magic and how to learn to commune with the energies around me. However, in spite of all his lessons, I still had the nightmares. Nightmares of my parents burning, their screams filling my ears until I woke up crying out for them.
Brannis did what he could, sitting by my bed and being there to help dry my tears. It was late summer when Brannis had to leave for a short while to get some replacement ironware from a nearby village, leaving me in charge of tending the garden and checking on the barrier. I was checking on one of the many wards surrounding our little clearing, imbuing each sigil with a touch of magic until they glowed green, when a woman stepped out from behind an old gnarled tree just outside the barrier. Hello, little witch, she said, her sweet sing-song voice nearly causing me to jump out of my skin. I turned, my eyes wide in surprise and trepidation. She wore a set of tight leather pants, a loose, long-sleeve white shirt, and held a satchel in her left hand. Who are you? I asked, trying to sound brave. I'm Kyla, little witch, she smiled, which caused slight wrinkles around her bright blue eyes. What's your name? Stephanie, what brings you to this neck of the woods? I'm a dream seeker, she said, taking a step forward. I seek out dreams, some to enjoy, others to suppress. The barrier lit up, arcane symbols appearing in front of Kyla. A dark shadow passed over Kyla's face before vanishing. Perhaps you or someone you know are in need of dream suppression? A nightmare to remove? There's a difference between a nightmare and trauma, Black Witch, said a cold voice. We both turned to see a stone-faced Brannis, a staff in hand pointed directly at Kyla. Stephanie, please step away from the barrier and get behind me, he ordered, the end of the staff beginning to glow. I quickly backed away from Kyla, her once-friendly smile now shifted to bared teeth, her bright eyes becoming dark holes as her skin paled until black veins spiderwebbed all over her. Throughout her transformation, an illusion spell, the once-bright sky began to cloud over, the forest becoming darker and colder. "'You dare steal from me!' the Black Witch seethed. "'From one you once called sister!' "'Silence!' Brannis barked. You and I both know those old days are long past. I am no longer a member of your wretched coven. Kyla's sightless glare turned to me. A cold shiver passed over me when her bare teeth twitched into a malicious grin. Oh, he didn't tell you that little detail, did he? She sneered gleefully. Brannis used to be the most feared black mage in all the land, earning the title of Black Raven of Death. Thousands of mundanes were reaped by his hand alone. I looked at Brannis, his face a mask of barely controlled rage. Your accursed black coven betrayed me. He spat. They butchered my own daughter. My family. For what? More power? Sacrifices are par for the course, Brannis, Kyla grinned. You of all people should know that. The end of Brannis's staff glowed brighter. I've had enough. Leave. And never return, Kyla. He said or be destroyed. Kyla raised her hands and backed away, her wicked grin still on her face as she re-enabled her illusion spell, her pale skin and blue eyes reappearing. I will be seeing you, Brannis, she called as she vanished into a swirling black and red portal. The child will be ours. With that, the portal closed, leaving myself and Brannis alone. We walked briskly, but in silence, back to the cabin. Questions whirled inside my head, but none were voiced. They didn't need to. You are confused. Scared. Brannis stated as we reached the front door. I understand what you're feeling, and I accept if you don't want to stay here with me. But before that happens, we need- What happened to her? I asked. Brannis was silent for a moment, his hand resting on the door handle. I was away on a reaping. He said quietly. A large village near our coven had missed two token offerings for protection, so I was sent in to retrieve their payment in blood. 
He opened the door and walked inside, myself following close behind. He sat on his stool by the fireplace, lighting the fire with a wave of his hand while gesturing with the other, summoning a teapot and water jug from the storeroom. Then what happened, I pressed, hoping to understand why he left the Black Coven and his deceased family behind. I was about to kill the village elder when he begged me to spare his family's life. Brannis continued. He swore on his life that they had sent both tokens on time with the escorts we had sent. His face darkened. Never had we sent escorts before. They were always picked up by a coven member at the foot of our mountain. Brannis continued his tale, recounting how he had rushed back to the coven's village only to watch as they thrust a red jade dagger into her heart as she struggled against the bindings on the coven's central altar. It was then he turned his back on the coven, raining down black fire from the skies on the ones responsible. He left the mountain and the village's smoldering ruin. We were silent for a while. The only sound was the boiling of the teapot and the snapping of the fire. I'm sorry, I finally said. It was a long time ago, he replied with a tired smile. Besides, the Black Coven are fewer in numbers and lack the magic to fight my wards. However, he said while pouring each of us a mug of tea, that doesn't mean they are not dangerous. To prevent an all-out assault on this place, we must depart. Brannis had me gather any of the ripe vegetables and fruits we had and store them in the cellar, which confused me. When asked why we weren't packing our belongings, he just smiled and told me, You'll see soon. After storing other items into the cellar, we gathered in the main room. He pulled out his pocket watch, then began to chant in a language foreign to me. As he spoke, the pocket watch began to glow, shifting in color and hue until the brightness filled the room, forcing me to close my eyes. In moments, the light faded away. I looked around, blinking away the stars. The cabin had not changed at all. Everything had been left as it was. I looked out the window and gasped at what I saw. Instead of the small clearing of birch trees and green grass, a meadow with a small stream crossing it surrounded by a vista of snow-capped mountains. What? How? I floundered to find the right words to describe my shock and surprise. I used an ancient transference spell. He laughed lightly. I only use it in extreme situations. Kyla's appearance and her interest in you warranted our sudden departure. He opened a closet and pulled out two heavy cloaks, handing one to me. Come on, he said. Let's set up our new home. Thank you for listening to this one-shot story. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider following or subscribing to my channel. Also, if you have a story prompt that you would like me to try out, feel free to send me a message with your idea. Thank you.